At Total Wine & More, find the best gifts for everyone on your list, whether it's a Cabernet for sis or a single-barrel bourbon that dad will love. With the lowest prices for over 30 years, you'll always find what you love and love what you find. Only at Total Wine & More. Spirits not sold in Virginia and North Carolina. Drink responsibly. Be 21. Where can you find the best gifts at great low prices that everyone will love? At Total Wine & More, of course, with so many great bottles to choose from. Find something for everyone on your list, whether it's a Cabernet for your sis, sparkling wine for a coworker, or a single barrel bourbon for dad. And if you need any help, just ask one of their friendly guides for advice. With the lowest prices for over 30 years, you'll always find what you love and love what you find. Only at Total Wine & More. Spirits not sold in Virginia and North Carolina. Drink responsibly, B21. Hey listeners, Coral here. I produced the show and I'm in for Kristen this week. I'm just popping in to say that Kristen will be back with a new Genius Recipe and podcast in two weeks. In the meantime, here's an interview we recorded with cookbook author Maria Speck last year, around when we first started sheltering in place. Kristen and Maria talk about grain pantries, milling flour at home, Bob of Bob's Red Mill, and, of course, this genius hack for hacking whole grain cook times down as featured in Maria's vibrant, very happy porridge and pink recipe. It's eerie to think, well, here how some things have changed and others not so much. But anyway, enough for me. I hope you enjoy it. Hi, Kristen. How are you? Hi, Maria. I'm good. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> Where are you right now? I'm in Cambridge, in my house, in my office, actually. <laughs> and, you know, so I have a little corner now, which we've set up for this occasion and you know I'm an introvert so for me not much has changed I'm a writer um, I'm immensely grateful right now that I can I feel quite safe right now here in the house and oh my god I can't tell you how grateful I am right now because I feel like I've I've always been ready for COVID (laughs) with my grain pantry it sounds really silly and I don't want to be disrespectful because people are suffering a lot but basically, if you have whole grains at home, I mean, they last forever. Is it wheat berries, rye, whatever? I mean, and you can do a lot of things with them. I'm also working actually in, on, a, on a whole grain baking book mm-hmm. and I do fresh milling. And so if you have a grain mill at home, you just mill the flour and you have the most amazing food at your fingerprints, right? And grains are also very affordable and they're very nourishing. And in my dreams, I wish everyone had a small grain mill at home. That's my dream. (laughs) Right. So when the stores are out of all-purpose flour for who knows how long, if you have other types of grains at home and you have a mill, then you can make flour anytime. And a lot of times the grains that you're working with would not be the ones that are totally out of stock. Absolutely not, because grains last, like whole grains last forever. I mean, I have some grains in my pantry that have been there for years. If you store them, store them in a cool, dark place, they're totally fine, right? And um, typically also now more in the past few years in America, I mean, we have this beautiful movement also about local grains. So I, for example, I'm a part of a local grain, um, local grain share, which is similar. You supporting basically farmers that once a year you pick up as many pounds of grains as you think you will need and you store them and you're completely, you're all set. One thing, though, that maybe intimidates people about 
about whole grains and about ancient grains and that you can dispel in your work is the notion that they always have to take a long time to cook. And this technique is definitely a really good example of that. And I was actually just looking back at my notes because I had written about a similar technique that you use for polenta. So the polenta cooks much faster if you start it in the morning or the night before you want to cook it. And um, I noticed that you said that you made that polenta recipe based on your favorite technique for steel cut oats. So that obviously leads to the question, where did the inspiration for this steel cut oat recipe come from? That's a great question. So when I cook steel cut oats for 30 minutes, my stove is a veritable mess. I'm just not able to get the temperature right, even though you think after all my life cooking, my it just always boils over. And that's actually what inspired the first recipe. Because uh-huh. I was just totally helpless. I love steel cut oats and they were always boiling over. Have you? How was this for you when you make steel cut oats? That is so interesting. I'm pretty sure it's boiled over a good, I don't know, third of those times, but I always attributed it to me being distracted or it has to Steel cut oats are notorious. Even when you, I've tried all kinds of things, microwave. I mean, the oven method is great for that. Some people do it then in the oven, but that takes an hour, right? So on the weekend, it's great, right? But on a weekday, for me, that was, um, you know, the inspiration. I'm, I'm a trained journalist. So my life, before I became a food writer, this is my second career, you know, I ate whole grains all my life, but I never had time to cook. And so I wrote Simply Ancient Grains for all the people like me that came home and are famished, or you want to have a quick, good start for the day, like in the steel cut oats, where you don't spend 30 minutes stirring, right? Steel cut oats. The, the biggest problem, like I said, steel cut oats are notorious for this, right? And so by giving them the overnight soak, you really cut down the cooking time to five to seven minutes. How good can it get? (laughs) It's like a miracle. And I I remember when I talked to you about the polenta, you had said that you reached out to Harold McGee about why it is that this works, why you can take a grain and shave off what something like two thirds or three quarters of the cooking time. He was saying um, that the majority of the cooking comes from the absorption of water rather than the absorption of heat. And actually, a really funny story connected to that is, so I was, I am German and Greek. So I came to the U.S. as a young adult. And I read once that Bob, the famous Bob of Bob's Red Mill, you know, he actually, I think, just puts still cut oats and pours boiling water in a thermos and leaves it overnight and eats it. I believe that is accurate. Well, when I heard that story for the first time, I said, Bob, who is Bob? You know, and then I thought this was like a figure out of, um, you know, an invented advertisement gimmick <laughs> until, until I actually met him at a conference. So that was really funny. They said the character, he looked just like the person on the package. So, and I think that's how he also uses that technique, right? So there's so many, obviously people have always been incredibly how do you say in English, ingenious, right? And we're all busy. We're not the first generation that's busy. I mean, if I think of my mom, my Greek grandmother, they they had no laundry machines. They had no dishwashers. We think we're busy. And right now, obviously, we're falling apart for so many reasons. But, um, you know, cooking food fast has always been important. And right now, I feel like comfort food is great, but we also want to eat well. Yeah. And well, that brings me to what you've added to this recipe. Even if other people were pouring boiling water on 
whole grains before, you've done so much to make them not just edible, but really exciting. I'm curious what your process was for making this recipe so vibrant and have so many layers of flavor. Like what, what was that development process like for you? If you're familiar with Greek food, food is very simple. It's really often just a few ingredients and, um, you know, but put together skillfully. And so in this case, for example, I mean, oats really look kind of blah. I'm sorry to say, <laughs> I love steel cut oats, but they look like brown blah, right? So one day I said to myself, I found, I saw some frozen raspberries and I'm like, oh, and I have those in my freezer year round, right? I have berries in my freezer. It could be frozen raspberries. They just look great because they make it pop pink. But you could also put, you know, blueberries, you could put mixed berries, you could put, you could even try juice. In another recipe, I used pomegranate juice to color bulgur in a vibrant pink in this book, you know. So, so it's, there's a lot of things you can do because grains, you know, some grains have like beautiful colors, but oats certainly not so much. <laughs> and so, um, that's what really inspired it. I found the raspberries, I, you know, so I, I parboiled the oats at night, like just by pour, pouring the boiling water and I added the uh, raspberries the next day. And here also, you know, I use milk, half milk, half water in the morning, but you could use anything, you know, oat milk you have, um, you, you might, you know, rice milk or soy milk, whatever you have at home. And if you don't have, you know, full fat, it all doesn't matter. I mean, it's really... You know, you have to be right now, also this recipe can be infinitely adapted. You know, you don't have to have pistachios, they look great with pink, but you can look almonds, uh, walnuts, um, you know, any nuts, pecans taste delicious. I use dried fruit at night, dried cranberries, and I add more dried fruit in the morning. You could use a different type or the same type, whatever you have again, because I, um, I want them to have some chewiness. I like that, you know, if you don't have a cinnamon stick, it doesn't matter. So what the cinnamon stick does is it releases slowly in this overnight soak, it releases aromatic oils. But what I like to do then is in the morning, just before serving, I stir in a teaspoon of cinnamon and I tested that, that was my favorite result. So I don't cook the ground cinnamon in the oatmeal um, at all. I just stir it in towards the end of cooking to release its aroma. And then if you want, you sprinkle on a bit more. So delicious. And if you don't have turbinado sugar to sprinkle on, maple syrup will do, or um, any other agave syrup if you have honey. This is the Genius Recipe Tapes. We'll be right back. You reach for the top olive oils and invest in the best pans. But in the kitchen, how well do you care for your greatest tool, your hands? When mine take a beating cooking and cleaning, which is often, I use Bag Bomb to work its wonders on my poor, distressed skin. Created 125 years ago on a Vermont dairy farm, their soaps smell great and clean hands without stripping moisture, and their fast-absorbing lotion means I can quickly get back to cooking. Treat your hardworking hands to Bag Bomb, every chef's best friend. Use code FOOD52 for 20% off your order on bagbomb.com. Good through 2024. You reach for the top olive oils and invest in the best pans. But in the kitchen, how well do you care for your greatest tool, your hands? When mine take a beating cooking and cleaning, which is often, I use Bag Bomb to work its wonders on my poor, distressed skin. Created 125 years ago on a Vermont dairy farm, their soaps smell great and clean hands without stripping moisture, and their fast-absorbing lotion means I can quickly get back to cooking. Treat your hardworking hands to Bag Bomb, every chef's best friend. Use code FOOD52 for 20% off your order on bagbomb.com. Good through 2024. 
Yeah, that's such a good point. I hadn't really thought about the fact that there's only one tablespoon, maybe two of sugar in this. No, this is really, all my work is like this. Like I said, I, I like, like I basically always want the food to talk for itself, but I've given all the food also to kids because kids are brutally honest, as you probably know now. And if kids don't eat it, I never put it in the bog. I have all my baked goods, pizzas that I'm developing right now. If the kids don't touch it or if they're kind of, then out. <laughs> the food has to be tasty. And that's what inspires me. And I think, again, now even more than ever, we can do with very few ingredients. We can have good food on the table. We, we have to try. We have to just try our best. You have made the most exciting looking and tasting bowl of oatmeal. Uh, and so I, I'm not surprised that kids like to eat it as well as adults. And all of that without dumping in a ton of maple syrup or brown sugar like I usually do. <laughs> I love also the part that you have to chew grains, you know, because I find that it really centers me. Um, it reminds me that I'm eating. That is very true. And there's so much happy distraction in a bowl like this with all the textures that you've added with the dried fruit and the chopped nuts and the yogurt and all these different contrasting feelings in a bowl. I, I feel like because we can't go out and explore right now, I am finding a lot of comfort in cooking new things. I, you know, it's really, really, really easy to get in ruts and just make the same quick thing, especially because we don't have a lot of time, but I don't know. I, I feel like I'm getting more life out of my cooking. That is also something I learned from my Greek mom. And I mean, Greece has always been a very poor country. It's become also has, you know, lots of issues in, since the financial crisis. But food has always been central to people, even when they were poor and, and you know, just with the few things you have to, to cook, to try, you know, to try to, because it, it, it really is the one moment in our day around the table when we can actually come together. And, and if the food then looks nice, you know, it has some color, I feel like if it's a little bit sensual, that's also, I find that makes me happy then, right? Like, you know, kind of, yeah, that's, that's good for the soul too. So basically your recipe is more of a general template and just really a list of ideas also of things you could do with this basic technique. You can infuse spices and dried fruit at the beginning, but you don't have to necessarily. You can use all of these different toppings and things that you cook in. And... You could go savory. Instead of the cinnamon stick at night, you add um, a laurel, a, sorry, a bay leaf mm -hmm. and maybe some peppercorns. And then the next morning, you could add spinach from your freezer or green peas from your freezer or artichokes. Why not? And then you would uh, top it with some Parmesan or any cheese you find in your pantry, feta, blue cheese, um, grano padano, right? Like all of this, something you want, something really umami. If you're um, vegan, you could just add a little bit of soy sauce. That also brings out the umami in the dish. For herbs, you use any herbs you have. I love dried herbs. I, they can be wonderful. A fried egg on top or fried tofu. I mean, so this recipe, actually, you can take in any direction. It's really the technique that matters. And uh, that's actually a great thing right now for all of us. We're learning. When you know the technique, you run with it. You could make this a different way every morning and never get bored. I like that. <laughs>
One more question specifically about the steel cut oats. What are the other grains that you would recommend using this technique with? I know you said that some warped in your testing and some didn't. Are there any off the top of your head that you think would also work well if people didn't have steel cut oats? So I have tested it with a number of grains, right? At some point, you also simply, as a food writer, you run out of capacity of how much, because you can never test things once, right? You have to buy at least three different grains from three different stores. And, and so that, you know, at some point I had to stop, you know, I became a little obsessive. <laughs> and so, so it worked consistently with amaranth, which is a great gluten-free grain, which is also beautifully creamy. Again, you don't need to use exactly the same ingredients, but the idea, the concept is the same. You make a, basically here, this is then a gluten-free porridge with amaranth, same technique, boiling water at night, and then just a few minutes in the morning where you finish cooking it. The, the nice thing about black rice, I love it. It's a very special rice that was so reserved for the empress of China because it turns this deep purple when you cook it. And so I've always been fascinated by this rice. Cooks much faster than brown rice in about 25 minutes. So if you see it somewhere or you can order it online, black rice is beautiful. And also visually, again, it makes, you know, I feel like when it looks beautiful, it makes us happy. So I used it. I used it in the shortcut polenta that you mentioned. It's for me, that's my life is all about good food fast. I need good food usually very fast. See, once you know these tricks, you won't need my book anymore. Because, <laughs> you know, you become creative. We all, we are like that. We humans We're like, oh, that's what you can do. I can do that. You know, so it's the, the book was really written to inspire people to try something a bit faster, like to try grains faster. Well, we'll always need your book for inspiration. Thank you. Even once we get the techniques down. Thank you. Uh -huh. Thanks so much. I had such a good time and I, I love sharing this. So, you know, anything to help. Our show was put together by Coral Lee, Emily Hanhan, and me, Kristen McLaurie. If you like the Genius Recipe Tapes, take a minute to rate and review us. It really helps. See you next time.